Hello, 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 people. Happy Valentine's Day. And uh, welcome back to the USL show. Um, you know, there's this is the day of, you know, love and I, I, I don't know, bad puns uh, and stuff from Twitter accounts. Uh, admins get to go crazy. This is that time of year, which is fun. John put out all of his uh, Valentine's Day cards. Ryan was putting Valentine's Day cards in our Discord, which was a wonderful thing to see. I love this time of year. But, you know, I just want to throw a couple things out there before we jump into everything. First off, um, this is something that was put out on Twitter earlier. If your club uh, has put out valentine's day cards and graphics for their valentine's day cards but i've yet to no acknowledge black history month we've noticed so um get on it clubs be better um and also uh there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in the country right now uh that's happening outside of soccer um just just love each other be be good to each other it's always crazy and we're more connected to the world than ever. And sometimes it makes us feel farther apart than ever. So go outside, go see some friends, family, neighbors, and just be kind. Um, but speaking of being kind, one of the more kind people that I've ever met and it's first time, uh, he's been here in a little while after a new job, Alan, welcome back. Yeah. Thanks. Um, sorry for the echo. I have like nothing on my walls in my apartment. Um, yeah, I got a uh, an opportunity to move out of the classroom and start becoming a. I had a discussion with someone what I call my job now. It's essentially a labor organizer for the California State uh, Teachers Union, uh, and that moved me to Riverside, which is actually not too far away from uh, the new was it USL two Redlands uh, yeah. club, which I appreciate that they included. Um, that's where I went to college. They included a little college shout out to the to the alma mater from that university. So that's kind of fun. Uh, so I'm sure I'll make my way up to those games a couple times this season. Uh, but I got a new gig working for the teachers union in Riverside. And uh, that's taken me away the past couple of months uh, for things like approving a leave from a leave of absence for my job and, um, you know, interviewing and going to Florida for training. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been a whirlwind, uh, but I'm glad to be back and things are starting to normalize again. So you should see me a little bit more regularly now, or maybe you don't like that and you can send me a message to say, stay away for longer. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna be back and sorry about the echo. Uh, is what it is. Happy to have you back, man. And, um, down below here, because mirroring's weird on computers if you're watching us. Um, our Scottish international something? I don't know. Ryan! <laughs> I'm doing well tonight. Yeah, it's a uh, the most recent uh, football kit that I've uh, purchased or acquired. Uh, Scotland international one, which unfortunately wasn't worn at the last World Cup, but here's hoping they'll make the uh, expanded 48 team. But yeah, doing well. Um, just have... Uh, it's been lovely weather here for the past few weeks, and I finally got my uh, first mile time back under eight minutes, which I was pretty proud of for uh, all the running I've been doing lately. I know that's where we ended off the last, well, the second to last episode, because the last episode, John, who has is not shown up today, um, some say that he's ducking Detroit City supporters. Some people will say he has a personal life and doesn't have to come on this stupid show. Um, and... Um, 
last time we were on, he did that uh, interview with Maloney. So check that out, by the way. It's really good. Um, but last time we were on together, you talked about that you were trying to get that mild time down. So big congrats on that. Thank you. So look, we got some stuff to discuss today. And as you can see with the title or whatever, we're going to be talking about, you know, our 90s, 50s, and 10s, which Ryan, you nailed last year. Um, and we're also talking about some league two, but first we do have, by the way, if you're on YouTube, Twitch or Twitter, we have a thing at the bottom. We have a ticker at the bottom that tells you all the divisions and conferences that league two and W league are in. Cause we don't have time to tell you which division every single team's in. That's a show in of itself. Um, but we do have some news today and that is. Finally, officially, even though the worst kept secret ever, even though Reddit never seemed to figure it out, ESPN's real. USL is with ESPN again, just like everybody thought, but it's a one-year deal. But it it has opened to be negotiated farther. Um, Thoughts on it? Anybody? I thought thought you were going to say Dom Dwyer to Phoenix. Um, (laughs) Just a rumor. (laughs) Just a rumor. I mean... Are we really that surprised? Uh, I think if it was something different, they would have hyped it up and notified by now. So it seemed pretty likely that's where it was going to be. And I think uh, a lot of USL fans are probably pretty happy with that, with another rollout of MLS on Apple TV being uh, less than stellar for the neutral, right? Like for a home, your home team, you might be interested in Apple TV, but I think for the neutral, it makes it really hard to fork off with that kind of funds for... Um, the, that streaming service, but I think a lot of people are already comfortable with ESPN. We we know what works and what doesn't. We know what to expect as far as good and bad. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they can uh, bargain for over the next year. And I think it's important that um, you know we watch as many games as we can uh, and, and pump up some numbers so that TV deal is better, which in, helps improve some of the club finances. Although probably not great, but still, like every little bit helps. And props to uh, Jeff Reuter, who's the one who broke the news on Twitter. Um, I had retweeted his tweet, so that's where you can find the official uh, source. But yeah, it's just great to have USL back on uh, on ESPN+. Plus. It's been something that's been fairly successful for the league. And I know with just how many streaming services there are out these days, it's easier just to keep everything under one umbrella for another year. And the league can reevaluate the relationship after next season. And also kind of use this year to kind of see how MLS does on Apple TV. If, that works out for them great but i would be fairly happy if they stayed on espn and just it, it'll be interesting seeing what national games that are picked up by the network and just really hyping up those events uh, across the season i think it's going to be very crucial to see the success or failure of ratings for usl uh this coming year it was something i was putting in our discord um earlier that hartford actually was the biggest drawer on ESPN this year, even over most of the MLS teams. And I'm going to have to find that source. Um, and and so maybe one of you guys are talking later, I can find that. But it was put in our Discord, and it was really, really interesting because there is a lot of love and a lot of passion for the USL. Obviously, if you're listening to this, chances are you're interested in the USL team. Um, that said, I think it's really interesting that it'd be that big. 
And maybe it's just because these tend to be quote unquote smaller markets who maybe don't get the love of, um, you know, who don't get the love of the, uh, the big media. So this is their chance to really go full send on it. So, and kind of moving away from that, unless anybody has some other thoughts on the matter. Um, the USLW League and USL League 2 have announced their divisions and whatnot. We've had a couple of teams join the fray here and there that we haven't had a chance to really talk about. But the divisions are here. And the W League divisions are pretty much as standard, except for now there's pretty much the California division which is called the quote-unquote Western Conference, but it, it's the California division. And so that's a fun thing. Now we have West Coast. It's not just East Coast FC. Um, you know, we're we're starting to get more uh, out there, which is awesome. But the W League has some changes, and they put it out, uh, not W League, but League 2 has some changes, and they put it out there, and it's basically every team will play 10 to 14 matches depending on the conference or division that they're in. And this is what the major changes say. It says, uh, with continued expansion in Florida and California, two new divisions are making their debuts this season, the South Florida Division and the NorCal Division. Expansion signs uh, uh, Academica SC and Monterey Bay 2 will be part of the new Western Conference Division, where they'll join uh, five other uh, clubs to form Northern California Division. Uh, Sarasota Paradise will join Weston FC, Miami AC, FC, Mi- FC Miami City, and Altitude Rush in the South Florida Division. Which, how are you going to name your club Altitude Rush in 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 Florida? I that you know what? It's fine. <laughs> and Des Moines Menace make their way back to the Heartland Division after leaving the Deep North, which. Again, this comes down to just pure, just me thinking. I've never heard the deep, deep north before. I've heard of the deep south. I live in the deep south. Have you, any of you ever heard of the deep north? Yeah, it's uh, creative naming or it's like very kind of geographically uh, themed <laughs> names. But I guess when you have about 12 divisions you have to name. It's better to be creative than just saying division A, B, and C of the Central Conference. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, like, just the amount of teams that are in these leagues and how many divisions, in League 2, when I got to the Eastern Conference to do do this ticker, you're given a 1,000 words that you're allowed, or a 1,000 letters you're allowed to put on there. The Eastern conference got me to 957 which is 400 more letters than any other conference it there's a lot of eastern conference teams <laughs> so check out that check out local clubs um league two is all the rage um you're going to see a lot of teams or a lot of players coming out of league two that you're going to be like they're going to be big later and i can guarantee that your favorite club if they're not a league two team or w league team is going to be filled up with some kind of former uh league two slash w league talent so go support that any final thoughts on league two w league either one of y'all Cool. All right. Let's go ahead and get into 
pretty much what we love to do the most on this wonderful Valentine's Day, and that's hot takes. We love hot takes. And, of course, <laughs> our good friend John has decided to get the mill running very hot um, as a head of this show. And I just want to read his first to kind of get you an idea of 90s, 50s, 10s, which um, Ryan brought my attention to last year. And what podcast did this come from? Ryan knows the F1, right? Yeah, it was actually from the uh, Formula One subreddit that uh, the way that they've structured it is just that these aren't like uh, technically hot takes that we think all of these will come true. This is just more of a, uh, it's like we'll th- oh, say a production that we think has a 90% chance of occurring, one that we think has a 50% chance of occurring, and then one that we're willing to put kind of a long shot bet on and say it's a 10% chance that it occurs. So this isn't all right. This isn't outright us saying that we're guaranteeing this to happen, but it's uh, our kind of like, uh, favorable things to keep an eye on for the year. So that said, our good friend USL Tactics, John Morrissey, known to the start of the pot a little bit, has come out with his 90s, 50s, and 10s. And I want to start off with his because this one was the one that decided to make its rounds. Uh, 90% chance of happening, Detroit City misses the playoffs. 50% chance of happening, San Antonio FC is a repeat champion, which would be... Would that be the first time? First time, definitely in the championship era, but I can't remember. No, I think Louisville repeated. Oh, they did, but that wasn't in the championship. That was was that fifteen sixteen? Oh gosh, that was uh, uh that was seventeen eighteen. Seventeen eighteen. Wow. Oh yeah, because eighteen was the year that they just kind of like snuck in and then. Just that was the uh, everybody. Uh, yeah, twenty eighteen. I think was the uh, Didier Drogba's final season uh, in his <laughs> career. What a what a strange league. And then 10%, someone other than Joshua Winder gets sold for $1 million plus this year, which I think is a fun one. Um, I, I would be very interested to see who that would be, but I don't think you completely off. Any thoughts on the John Morrissey 90s, 50s, 10s? I think John's the new pony where like <laughs> everyone thinks he hates their team and he's, and, and they're probably right, but he's got the numbers to back it up. Um, every time John like puts something together, it's, it's a little bit trolly, but it's also based in facts and research. Um, and I gotta, I gotta say, I love when John puts out those like obviously trolly moments that are all like just spot on, but also like, you're like, that's could be 100% true. So uh, shout out to John for his, his bold predictions. Uh, I'm going to disagree with his 50 later. Um, but yeah, that Detroit one, one missing the playoffs is um, is pretty classic. Are you going to disagree because it's your Nani? Uh, no, I have another take for the, my 50, which is very similar to his. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, how about we hear yours then, Alan? I want, I want to go ahead and jump into yours. Oh, so my 90 is Phoenix will get at least one home playoff match. Um, so that's me not saying they're going to finish top four, but I, I'm guessing that one of the top four will probably lose and Phoenix will finish high enough to capture that first home playoff match. Uh, my 50 is the West will win the cup again, but it will not be San Antonio. I thought 50% chance that that's going to happen. 
Um, I, I, I do think San Antonio is a strong team, uh, but it's really, really hard to repeat in this league with the constant churn of schedules and travel and the like. Uh, and then my 10% is Vegas will be better than Loudon. And so I wanted to give a little bit of a USL show Loudon shout. Uh, there's a 10% chance that Vegas will be better than Loudon. I mean, yeah, I would say that's uh, pretty fair for uh, Vegas. It'll take a lot of time for them just kind of to gel throughout the season. But I'd be willing to take that bet on that Vegas would have a better year than Loudon. It'll be August when the two clubs actually meet on the field. So I'm excited to see where both teams are in their standings relative to each other by the time they actually play. I do also want to point out that this makes San Antonio fans happy because they want me to pick against their team. So I don't know. It's like a, it's like a double win, right? Like I get to say San Antonio isn't going to win the, 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 the cup. And that means for San Antonio fans that they have a really good chance of winning the cup again. So I think I wanted to start off my year with one of those uh, I'm picking against your team, but you really want me to, to begin with. And even to your credit of just how tough it is to repeat in uh, this league right now, I think uh, we've only had uh, two teams, technically three if you want to count uh, the 2020 season, which was canceled, uh, that has repeated appearances in the uh, USL Cup Final. Swill Park Rangers and then Louisville had a three-peat from 2017 through 2019. It technically would have been Tampa Bay if you included 2020's cancellation because they also appeared in 2021. But yeah, it just shows how challenging it is for teams to go and be so consistently dominant of their conference year after year. Even when Orlando City was in the league, when there were just eight teams, they didn't have a period where they repeated. I mean, it like you're saying, to repeat is just so hard. I mean, you don't see most of the best teams ever in any, you know, facet repeat that often especially in the usl which even though even though the disparency disparency is that the right word discrepancy discrepancy wow alabama education thank you um you know the discrepancy between the top and the bottom is big the discrepancy between the top and the top is like nothing and i know that sounds like a dumb statement but when you really boil it down to the best of the best, it comes down to maybe your top five, top six teams in, you know, in the league. It truly is any given day. Unless it was San Antonio last year, then uh, good luck. <laughs> so um, I wanted to go ahead and throw out um, another Western Conference friend, and that is our good friend Phil Uh, 9% uh, El Paso is going to start off slow. Um, The most optimistic El Paso fan. Um, (laughs) 50% Charleston will finish above Memphis. And 10% Eastern Conference Final will not be Louisville City versus Tampa Bay. I mean, immediate thought is that I think Ryan's prediction of a USL team finishing in this or have entering the semifinals of the U S open cup is more likely than the East to not finish in Louis city and Tampa Bay at this point. Um, especially if you see how these teams are built, but I mean, bold takes, bold takes. 
I mean, if you're looking at El Paso's uh, just kind of opening schedule to start next year, it, or despite having uh, just out of their first seven games, five of them are at home, they do have some tricky teams coming to town in Sacramento. Oh, they have to take a trip to Louisville. Uh, they go to Tulsa as well, who's also going through kind of a resurgence in the soft season. And even hosting Detroit, those aren't easy games for them. So it could very well be a slow start, not to mention you have San Diego to end out the month of April as well. It's it's potential that they're going to have another slow season, especially as the team team tries to kind of start playing under the new system, under the new head coach to start the year. I also do want to shout out his optimism. He said they will start slow, which means that he's <laughs> holding out hope that they will figure it out and will like go on. A, I mean, I think that's what happened last year, right? They started out pretty terrible and then uh, they started to kind of have some success. Um, but yeah, I, I do want I do want to shout out his opt optimism. So it wasn't like El Paso will start slow, continue slow, and end slow. So at least like <laughs> two thirds of the season, he still has hope that. Um, but I, I do think you know I talked about this, Ryan. You just talked about it uh, when we interviewed Coach Nate Miller. He was saying like some of the teams in the USL are probably um, the most traveled teams in all of the world um, with the East coast, uh, the West coast to East coast jaunts that some of these teams have to do. And so I don't think we really take into account how much travel is going to affect the season where everyone plays everyone. We haven't seen a season quite like this. And I know we say that every year in USL. And I think that's what makes it engaging. Uh, but when everyone plays everyone travel and where you get them in the schedule is going to be a huge, could be a huge difference in whether or not you get a home playoff match, whether you're on the playoff bubble or not. Um, and El Paso, being closer to the West, although Texas is huge, so it doesn't feel like it. Um, they might run into some problems with travel, but also uh, it might benefit them from East Coast teams coming in. They might get an advantage there uh, that they could they could go on a run uh, um, at home again um, and maybe solidify their their home record like they used to be uh, would be a really good thing for El Paso. And for better or worse, the league has done a pretty good job at uh, distancing the number of games they have to play over a certain period of time. I recall the old days of USL where you'd have teams who would play a game on a Friday and then play another game on a Monday to try and get a full away trip in. So there's definitely going to be a lot of back and forth for a lot of clubs. Like I think as we were looking into Old Pass's early season schedule, they had that game at Louisville and then a game at, at Tulsa in two consecutive Saturdays, which definitely make for kind of tricky travel to have to go from where they are located in the country to the East Coast and then have to uh, return a bit further for that next game. So there is going to be these road courts, these road game uh, legs that are just going to be challenging to approach for every team. Yeah, and when you speak about just general travel, right, um, like we talked about with Legion last year, I kept bringing it up with Birmingham last year. They had that stretch of, I believe, was 11 matches where they only played one at home, right? And it was like an insane away trip. And teams like Las Vegas are going to have to do that early too. It's just basically starting off away. And we're going to start to see some teams kind of fall off the eight ball early. But, again, expanded playoffs, so we'll see how that shakes things up there. Um, as for the 10%, I mean, the final isn't Louisville or Tampa. I mean, 
when you when you look on paper, and I know that the game isn't played on paper, but there's also resumes to back up both teams. It's so hard to not say that it's going to be Louisville or Tampa. Granted, that's why it says ten percent, and I guess ten percent's fair, but it feels like it'd be even less than that. I mean, it's been three consecutive seasons of Louisville, Tampa, and you have to go all the way back to twenty. And in fact, Louisville has been in every Eastern Conference final. Yeah. I mean, death taxes Louisville City is in the Eastern Conference final at this point. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? What's your 90 50 10? Yeah. Um, I'll start with my 90%, which I feel like is, uh, I guess you could say it kind of encompasses a lot of stuff, but. I'll go 90% that Pittsburgh doesn't make the playoffs, and this is Bob Lilly's final season in Pittsburgh as their manager. Uh, after that, I will, I will throw in another Open Cup prediction. Last year I had said that it was a 10% chance there will be an open a USL team in the Open Cup semifinals, and they did us one better by making it to the final. But this year I'll say a 50% chance that the furthest advanced USL team in the Open Cup comes from League One. And then finally, a 10% chance would be a club who missed the playoffs last year will finish in the top three of their conference this season. Ooh. Let's... Who would who would that fall under then for the 10%er? Um, Monterey Bay, Orange County, um, poss- possible Loudon. Uh, I think... Um, Phoenix had missed it last year. Phoenix. You had... Tulsa, Indy 11 as another team to India. consider for teams who, and this is just to get into third place. If you're looking at like previous seasons, Sacramento Republic finished uh, outside the playoffs in 2021, but when they came back in 2022, they were uh, fairly close to the top of the con. They were fourth, and that was just two points off of Colorado Springs for third in the table. So it can be done of teams going from missing the playoffs to finishing in a fairly high part of their conference. Yeah. I mean, it's not unheard of. I, whenever you think about that, surely the sexy pick right now would probably be Indy or Phoenix. Indy or Phoenix are probably your two sexy picks of miss the playoffs, finish top three. Um, I mean, I guess you're, if it all comes to fruition, maybe kind of like uh you know, Phyllis said, maybe you could see Charleston make that leap. Maybe. Um, I think a fun one, and it was the 10%er in the chat, was Monterey Bay. Of uh, They think it's a 10% of Monterey Bay makes the finals. I think that Monterey Bay is a wonderful shot and is going to make a great run this year. Yeah, I think people... When you look at Monterey Bay, remember early season Monterey Bay. Uh, but if you're a San Diego fan, you saw a really tough Monterey Bay twice at the end of the season that were giving a San Diego team fits. Um, I mean, that's not saying much because Oakland also did. But um, I, I think a Frank Gallup coach team are going to be well coached. Uh, they have some really good players that um, defend well and they defend as a team. Um, and when you can when you can do that, you're going to, you're going to steal some points. Uh, I know John's really high on Monterey Bay as well. Um, and so I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see Monterey Bay take a huge step forward this year. Um, 
and, and be better than I think a lot of people are expecting because I think a lot of people are still stuck in Monterey Bay at the beginning of the season because once you start, once they start losing, you're like, I'm not really going to pay attention to them. So maybe people didn't really watch some of those later season Monterey Bay games. That's yeah. a Monterey Bay team who had more wins than playoff team Oakland Roots. The Roots aren't a real team. They're <laughs> they're a figment of our imagination. I refuse to believe that they exist. Um, so you also said that a League One would finish farther in the U.S. Open Cup. I don't think that's too far off. I really don't, especially what we saw out of Union Omaha last year. I mean, Greenville pushed uh, Charlotte to the absolute brink. Um we had a lot of other close calls um, along with league one. I think uh, Northern Colorado also made their nice little run through. I, I don't think that's too far off. I think 50% might be too. And it's low. just to be the furthest advanced USL team. It doesn't have to, I'm, it's not even a guarantee that they'd make it past the quarterfinals. Like Omaha fell in the quarterfinals last year. I just think like once you get to the open cup, it's a lot of teams in this tournament that they approach it very differently. There will be teams who may not toss out the strongest lineup or may see this as more as a development opportunity for playing their academy kids or playing the youth. Or It's just it gets to a point where there's going to be just a few of these games that turn into a coin toss. And you could even have some teams like Sacramento saw last year by getting paired with Phoenix Rising. Uh, right before they got to the round of 16, that they just get a fortunate draw that leads them against other lower division teams until they go up against an MLS team. Yeah, I, I, not, I could. Obviously, this isn't the game, but I would, I would wager that that League One being the farthest one, I would put it higher at 50. I. It League One just feels <laughs> they're a league of chaos. That was the whole meme last year. Is that League One, you know, could be horrible, absolutely awful, or also could very well beat the best team in North America on their day because that's just League One, babe. That's just what they do. <laughs> so their their level of chaos and i think what does it for league 1 is if you look at the trend of the league in general it's that defensive teams teams that just go defensive don't succeed and don't and don't get me wrong richmond and tormenta had great defenses and that's part of what won them the championship because as every single coach has ever said you need a defense to win championships every you've heard it before but I mean, to be honest, defenses don't always win you open cup matches. I mean, being able to defend obviously does it, but the way that League One plays is so offensive heavy that they they back themselves to score in every single game. And that kind of confidence of, well, at least bag one, I think that goes a long way in the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, and it's just being able to find those teams and just kind of catch them off balance and just like if they're going to underestimate this team, I think it's going to be very advantageous for them. You had mentioned uh, like it, great defensive teams is one that kind of struggles within USO League One. Uh, Union Omaha was the best defense last year at 33 goals conceded, but they still managed to only finish fifth in the league and got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. I think the other advantage that USL League One team might have is that 
that kind of trap game mentality where you're playing League One game, like Taylor mentioned, and, and an MLS club might play the kids. Now, playing the kids, if you've been watching the U17 tournament, is like they're still really good ball players. Um, but, you know, when you're playing a team that might be putting out a stronger 11 against maybe a backup MLS team, uh, because it's a League One and maybe MLS wants to get more of their youth, like competitive games, because uh, they might not be getting an MLS next or MLS preview or MLS whatever league they're doing these days. Um, but I, I think that has a, an advantage for a League One team that they're going to be, they might be playing up against a team that is not really fluid, like you would see a starting 11 from a, a top club. Uh, so they might be able to sneak a couple wins that, um, the otherwise maybe on paper wouldn't be, uh, especially if you get them early enough uh, where the MLS clubs are like, we're only going to take this seriously when we get to like the top four. Um, so I do think that they have some advantages there. And I think it just comes down to matchups, right? If a league one team can pick off an MLS club early enough, um, maybe they get a championship club the next week uh, or the next time and make, make a little run out of it. Um, and so it's, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. And I, I think that, uh, Detroit City last year proved that there isn't a huge gap between leagues. If you play well, if you play as a team, you play as a unit. There's not a huge gap between um, the top of one league and the you know the middle of the the next league. And so it's not so it wouldn't be surprising if a League One team went on a little nice run and and captured the hearts and minds of the soccer community because uh, I think people like those stories. They don't. I don't think they want them to win the final. Um, they want a big club to win the final, but I do think they're, they're they root for the underdog along the way, uh, and it would be a really nice story for some, uh, a, a League One team to get that notoriety. So, kind of speaking of League One, uh, let's go over to our good friend uh, Tyler, who you know wanted to be here, but you know the the children need to go to bed, and they don't always cooperate. Whatever. Um, his ninety is Lexington makes the playoffs. No bias. Fifty percent Terzaghi gets. Uh, oh wow, that's a word I've never seen before. He doesn't get the USL League One MVP. He gets uh, usurped. Usurped. Thank you. I have never seen that word before. Um, Alabama education. Here we are. Um, and ten. Union Maha has more draws than wins. Going off of what you're saying earlier, Ryan. Great defense. Um, who, you know. He new coach has a new defense. Where is where's Mims? It where is he? What is he doing? Is he is that okay? Be the new where's Precky? <laughs> oh, that was a wild time in, in in soccer when that happened. Did we? Is Mims going to Pittsburgh? Is he going to be? Is he going to take over Bob Lilly's job? Do we find the place for Coach Mims? <laughs> He's actually being signed as a striker for Phoenix. It's just a rumor. <laughs> He's the next Leeds United boss. <laughs> oh, We're slowly going to get more and more American managers into the Premier League. <laughs> Jesse Marsh has already gone to two now. And wait until Leeds finds out that they will be having Union Omaha's uh, manager coming in. That's the reason he resigned. They called him up early and they said, we're getting rid of him. We don't want Marsh anymore. Mims is in. (laughs) 
I'm just waiting for uh, Chris Armis to give like a a career, I guess, uh, a, a career retrospective, and he gets to add on to his resume Premier League manager. <laughs> but talking about uh, Tyler's takes, um, Lexington making the playoffs, I I think that's a bold ninety. I I'm sorry, Tyler. I think that's a really bold 90. I don't necessarily think that they're a bad team by any stretch. And we've seen on any given any given week. I mean, like we said, the chaos of League, League One. Tormenta last year won the championship. And on the final day of the season, they could have missed the playoffs altogether. They had the chance of finishing either second or, oh, what was it, or seventh. They had that kind of flexibility of missing the playoffs completely. So Lexington being right there is not a stretch. But I also think that when it comes to known talent, they have good stuff, but it doesn't exactly compare right now to the top six. I mean, to be fair for USL one, it is just the top six that need to make the uh, that need to make the postseason. If you're just a bang average team, that's something that gets the job done. If you're looking at the teams who made the postseason, like Northern Colorado was tied on points with Charlotte Independence for that sixth and final spot in Central Valley Fuego. Another expansion team was only two points out of a playoff spot. That's one game difference where if a ball just goes into the back of the net and one other game, then we're looking at an expansion team making the postseason. And I think that's at least there's enough faith to be It's like, I would put a coin toss on Lexington making the playoffs or not. That's kind of what I was saying though. It's like, if you would have put that as the 50%, I would have been all in on that. It's just 90 feels confident, but he's also been at these trainings. He's been out there. He's seen the boys. So, you know, I'm a, I'm an idiot who has no insight. Um, Dodagi getting, you know, booted out of that. usurped you, you, the words you, usurped usurped. Yeah. I'm sorry, usurped. Um, <laughs> um, with Terzaghi being usurped from the League One MVP, you know, it seems like it's bound to happen, but until it actually happens, I don't know if I believe it. He just keeps doing the dang thing. I <laughs> I guess it but that it kind of goes down to what kind of player he is. It's 50-50. It uh, it's on whether he'll win it or not. It's a true coin flip. It's ridiculous how good he is. I think the main thing, uh goal for Terzaki and any other player in League 1 is that he the only way I think he's like not in the conversation for it would be through injury or he gets a transfer elsewhere. Yeah. So, um, and then the last one, you know, Maha, uh, gets more draws than wins. I mean, they tried their best last year. Um, <laughs> and they I weren't think... the only one, too. I mean, they had uh, two sun ended with the same number of wins and draws for the second year in a row. Forward Madison had this had more draws than wins. So it seems like there's almost like every single season we're going to have one team that just manages to draw their way to just getting results. Can't go ahead. I was going to say, is this a little bit of trolling that they're going to have like 10% that they're going to have more draws than wins? 
So they're just going to lose a whole lot. Is that what he's he's going for? Like all of those draws will move over to losses, and they'll have more wins than draws, but they'll have way more losses. Like, am I reading? Am I reading too much? Is this too much? Like, I'm I'm thinking he's like, oh, trying to troll Union Omaha. Did I say Tyler sent this? I was, I was reading Jay Mims's uh, ninety fifty ten. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I Union Omaha has a lot of good talent. They have signed a lot of good talent. And the one thing that they do better than I think anybody else in League One or the championship, boy, do they use loans. They are so in on loans and actually utilizing teams that want their talent to be developed that maybe isn't necessarily good enough for the championship and maybe isn't always perfect for league one, but it's absolutely squad pieces. You know, someone who's going to get regular playing time either as a sub or the occasional starter, they do it better than anybody else. And I am so in on it. I love the moves that they're making. And if there's any team that really needs a bounce back season of your playoff squads from last year, it is Omaha. I mean, from winning the league to kind of what we all it really admitted when watching them last year was seeing them as kind of a letdown team from what we were used to. I mean, we're like, oh, another draw. It's like, that's great. They're getting results and they're get, picking up points and remaining unbeaten. But at some point, you want to look back and say, it's like, shouldn't those have been wins? Or shouldn't like this team have been a little bit better than what we're seeing currently in the table and this is a team i feel like is just not going to be satisfied with another set of draws this year for sure um that kind of gets me to guess to mine uh to my 90s 50s 10s and i realized i went a little bit league one heavy whenever i started looking at this um and we've already talked about this team just a little bit my 90 percent is that ford madison finishes finishes in the top three i love what Ford Madison has done this offseason. I am fully in love with that team and especially a revamped back line, a solid offensive, you know, powerhouse. Obviously they have some unknowns to the USL world going abroad, um, especially in that midfield in the striking department. But these are all guys that have been known to do the dang thing. And <laughs> that's one of those things that we talk about a lot on the show is the known commodity is admittedly a, worth a little bit more than the unknown. And you could have this insanely unknown talent that comes out of nowhere. But for every one of those, you have 10 guys that play one season in the league and then go back abroad and never seen again. I, I really like what Ford Madison has done with, uh, with their known signings and just bolstering that back line uh doing what everybody else was doing and just going after richmond and saying we're going to take your entire defense i mean five of their final seven games for next season are at home which could be instrumental to just kind of really climbing up the table towards the end of the year and it might be the difference from being top three or going on the road again for this playoff my other one uh my 50 I've noticed I've also went with there. This team's going to finish top, whatever, I guess, because I'm trying to keep it broad. I don't know. But my 50% is I think that Las Vegas slides are going to finish in the top six of the West. 
the the other fifty percent is that they missed the playoffs altogether. Um, <laughs> but I I said it last show. I am so in on Las Vegas too. I like what they're doing. I really, really do. I know they lost arguably the two best strikers in the league when you look at that pairing, but I think the rest of what they've been able to build is really, really nice. And then my, oh, sorry, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I think the one thing that would kind of provide pause is that they're opening the season with a very tough stretch of six games on the road, including trips to Indy, Memphis, and San Antonio to finish that off. So it's something that they really need to kind of just backfill a lot of their results. And I think it's something they're capable of doing. If you look kind of later in the season, you have stretches of games where I think they can definitely pick up results but yeah i would say las vegas to be kind of an outside pick for a playoff spot would be a fairly uh a fairly reasonable bet yeah i think what makes it difficult for vegas is like last year it was basically like some lafc players and guys like danny chrysostomo who i'm not sure i've seen him sign anywhere yet Uh, i think if he comes back to vegas um that's a big sign from them because I think, you know, outside of, you know, Trejo, I think Danny was one of Vegas's best players on the season. Um, but they're essentially kind of starting over again. So it makes that opening run of games even more difficult when you're essentially trying to put a brand new team. It's like an expansion team again. Um, and so I think that has some bearing. And if they get buried in the West, um, are they going to have enough firepower to claw their way back? Uh, against some pretty strong teams um and again (laughs) being in vegas um a little bit easier to travel in and out of because it's the airport right there but um i I think vegas is really if you see them struggle out of the gate i'm not sure they have enough in there to really uh recover um but i think like in championship this year everyone makes the playoffs or something like that it's like an insane (laughs) amount of people make the playoffs so um no one's out of it it's like uh I think which makes it exciting for some of the bubble teams. Um, but I think maybe make some of those, maybe Vegas can steal a couple wins in the middle where people are rotating. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, Robert. Um, I think making Vegas might get the benefit of some teams rotating some guys out, playing them, uh, knowing that they're maybe toward the bottom of the league and maybe they can, can pick off a few points to make it back in the playoffs. But I think Vegas is going to have a tough road. And my 10 percenter is um, I I don't know. I think this one maybe isn't a hot take in League One world, but it feels hot takey to me. I think that my 10 percent is that one Knox wins the wins USL League One. Their roster is kind of insane and not in the Fuego way where it's like they sign Bajev and then. They also signed Bajev, and then Bajev got hurt. But then he came back, and they re-signed Bajev. Um, <laughs> they've signed bona fide dudes, um, both at the League One and Championship level. Once again, this is what I was talking about. You have these um, known commodities. Le- One Knox went out and just bought known commodities. They went out and got players that they that knows the league, that knows the schedule, that knows the grind, 
Plus, they went out and got guys that played under the head coach of one Knox, either in Des Moines or in uh, with the Mississippi Bria. They have built up a team that is not only new, but already knows each other and are just known talents. I am really excited for them. And seven of their first nine games to start next season are at home, which could provide them a huge foundation to build on throughout the entirety of next year. So uh, I guess that's our, uh, that's our nineties, fifties, tens. Um, you know, obviously Joe not here with us. He's too busy um, being interviewed by the city of Greenville. Um <laughs> Love seeing him. I love seeing Gio where his stuff, like his Greenville stuff, especially now that he works there, makes me really happy. Love, love seeing him out here, you know, really succeeding and growing. Love that. Um, our good friend Tyler is a TV, uh, uh, I guess, superstar now, being interviewed by local news. Super fun stuff. Um, but yeah. Um, uh, do we anything else that is really just scratching at the brain that we want to talk about USL wise? Uh, personally, I just wish that teams were a little bit more engaging with their fans consistently through the preseason. I think a lot of fans are really eager to get to know the team better. And I'm not necessarily talking about like preseason matches. Like, sure. I think some coaches have it in their brain that like they don't want to get too much stuff out there because they're trying to start new systems or maybe things aren't clicking quite yet. And so they don't want people to see the work in progress, which is fair, right? Like if I'm teaching a band, I'm not going to like, Hey, everyone come check out the first rehearsal where we're sight reading music. Like it's, it's a hot mess and it doesn't look great. And maybe that's not the vision that especially like a brand new coach wants to be exposing fans to is kind of the chaos of learning a system. But um, you have social media managers, you have folks around the team that are willing to put out content if you let them come by and interview players um, and, and create moments where fans get to know the new people. Um, and I think the, the teams that do that really engage their fan base in the offseason and really get them excited. Uh, the season's, what, like a month away? And I know that there's some people frustrated with their teams, and that's not the right place you want to be. Um as a fan, right? You don't want to go into the season feeling kind of frustrated. You want to go into the season feeling hopeful and feeling rejuvenated, like, hey, this is going to be our year. And I think you do that by connecting fans to the players. And so um, I would just, you know, I know every social media manager is watching the show right now, um, but I want to encourage, you know, folks to demand, I don't want to say demand, that's not the right word, but engage their, engage their team and, and be like, hey, we would love some more content and we would love some more, Maybe it's not play on the pitch, but it's getting to know players. It's interviews. It's, you know, these short little sound bites. It's the, you know, Nick Moon were coming from injury, so Kaler can swoon again. Uh, but the, things like that, I think, really ingratiate yourself to the community as well. And it, it's it's really easy, and it doesn't take ton, a ton of your time. Um, and so I just want to encourage fans to ask that from their, their teams. And if the teams aren't doing it, um, you know, some of these newer squads, you know, be that person, like, Ask if you can go to a training, sign up uh, to go to a, a training and put some of that content out there. Because uh, we let, we learned that in San Diego that if you're starting to put out content, the team wants to do it first. And so they start to do those things as well. And so it's a way of pushing them. And and so reach out to, uh, if you're a fan of a club, reach out to the, the 
the content manager or the the media person and see if you can't get to a training if you're able to um, and put some, put out some of that content yourself. It's fun. It's engaging. It's a fun different way to interact with your with your club. And you know that's why I think the three of us are here is because you know we had that experience and and it was uh, it kind of hooked us. And so I want to encourage you for those of you who are on the fence about it for this new season uh, is to get out there as well and, and create content around your club. Uh, even if it's for just your supporters group or your group of friends, like it's, in, it's fun. You meet a bunch of new people and um, go for it. TLDR. If the team that you support isn't doing the thing, seize the means of production. Raise your game. <laughs> it's time for your club to raise their game. <laughs> I every now and then I think of the last year FC Cincinnati was around and they had a billboard like the the digital ad board that every now and then it would pop up and it would say rise together fries together and it was a Wendy's ad. And I think it died a lot. <laughs> I it also reminded me that Rise Together was their former like call to action, but then Wendy's coming out of nowhere said Rise Together, Fries Together, and you know what? More power to them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, go out there, ask for the content. Um, kind of when I started off this episode saying, "Hey, demand your team to post about Black History Month or whatever." you know, whatever month, whatever is important to your community, do it. You know what's important to your community. And, you know, this is something that I've heard on um, Talking Baseball, the John Boy Media production. Um, they always say this is, uh, you know, your team better than we do. Um, you know, your communities better than we do. Um, you know, when it comes to different clubs and different cities, different things matter to different, you know, areas right um what black history means to the birmingham area is different than what it means to san antonio it's different than what it means to wilmington it's different than what it means to louisville so on and so forth right even though it's the same holiday the the community impact is just different ask more of your club to get into that community impact and it's not just the Build a futsal field or, you know, build this, build that. Make sure that these communities do blah, 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 blah. It's simply just getting them to recognize the holidays, the days that mean the most to the community. That goes such a long way. And don't be afraid to be the person to say, my club isn't doing enough. Because being a fan isn't just being a blind supporter. It's also keeping them in check. Which, you know... We give them a lot of shtick, but teams like, uh, you know, Detroit City does a good job of it. If their club isn't doing something, they make it known. Do that. So, um, anything else USL-wise, fellas? All right. So, uh, what are some final thoughts that you have, Alan? Um, oof, final thoughts. Um, I kind of just pretty much did mine, right? Like, I, I think now is the time to start gearing your game up as well. And I know I'm excited for the season to start. Um, but, um, yeah, 
love each other. It's Valentine's Day. It's true. Ryan? I have my uh, movie tickets for the third Ant-Man movie for Thursday afternoon, which I'm pretty excited to see. And I was doing some, I don't know why I had made the connection, but all, I think the previous five times the MCU has released a third film of a trilogy. Whoever was leading the Premier League table during the release of that film ended up winning the league that year. So uh, tomorrow's uh, Wednesday afternoon match will pretty much decide who leads the league at uh, the premiere of Ant-Man 3. So uh, a lot riding on uh, this week in that film. (laughs) Can the EFL go in on Marvel for rigging matches? Is this, is that something they can do? I don't know. I think for the first uh, eight uh, Fast and Furious films, it was always Manchester United or Chelsea who were atop the Premier League whenever they debuted. So uh, I think that's why they just keep churning out Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> whenever Man you used to have the Chev- uh, Chevrolet uh, sponsor, you know, we can uh, start making it just Fast and Furious. Um, and instead of the instead of the Lion you know, badge for the Premier League and you can just be Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my final thoughts of the night, uh, Legion have a W League team. I'm super pumped about that. Hey, if you guys want an announcer, uh, please. Um, <laughs> um, I've been reading a book lately, uh, something I haven't done in a very long time. I don't, normally read books um sometimes i should totally do more and it's a book called say yes and it's kind of like a self-help book it's kind of not it's more or less just kind of like self-rediscovery if you will um and there's a middle part of the book that really just stuck with me and i figured i'd share it a little bit um and it's basically about your self-worth, your self-purpose, right? And it went into this uh, analogy about a boat because it's easier to understand something when it comes from a non-human kind of thing. And this boat um, thought it, it was this big grand wooden boat that thought its goal was to travel around the world to get people from point A to point B. That It thought that was its purpose in life. Um, and then on its very first voyage, it gets into a massive weather storm and ends up crash crashing upon the shore to never go back into the water. And it sat on the shore for years and years, sad and depressed and, you know, can't believe that its life purpose didn't work out. Then eventually later on, a new boat uh, joins the shore with them, you know, suffering the same fate that it did. Well, the boat was like, Hey, do you mind sharing some of your wood so we can like rebuild some of this and make a camp for the survivors and stuff. And the sad boat was just like, "Uh, yeah, sure. And then, you know, they patched up the boat and they went on their way, leaving that boat to be alone again. And the same thing kept going on over and over and over again. When eventually the boat realized that its purpose was not to travel around the world, but to be a safe haven for other boats and survivors. So TLDR, If you feel like you're stuck right now, if you feel like you're not reaching your purpose that you've been, that you think you should be doing, maybe take a step back and realize that you are fulfilling your purpose. It's just not what you thought it would be. So I just thought I'd share that with you guys. Um, To sort of, I guess, lighten up the mood, um, I do have my music uh, recommendation for the week. Um, In honor of Valentine's Day, 
I do think I should talk about the best uh, love uh, music that's ever been written, and that is uh, Berlioz's uh, Symphony Fantastique, um, best love story of all time. If you don't know anything about it, it think um, A Little Piece of Heaven by Avenged Sevenfold. Same idea, just a little bit longer. I mean, if you don't know about any of those, don't read the lyrics in front of your mom. <laughs> It's one of my favorite pieces of music ever written. It's a great one. It's a great piece of music. And then you read about it and you're like, oh boy. <laughs> I think uh, Classics Explained has a YouTube video on it. So if you just want to listen to the 12 minute, like uh, abridged version of it, that's not a bad choice either. So um, anything else from you guys? Anything at all? Beautiful. Thank you so much for everybody who uh, watched and listened. The ticker is a thing I think is going to stick around for a while. Maybe we can start adding scores to it. So, you know, we can start keeping you all informed. And if you're just listening on our podcast platforms, you know, hey, maybe join the chat and check out the ticker. <laughs> Definitely worth coming over and seeing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we got interviews coming. A lot of really fun interviews. I don't think we'll have a live show next week. It will be an interview, so uh, be on the lookout for that. And a lot more League 2 and Academy stuff on the way. So super excited for you all to see that. Um, and for the final time tonight, Q Allen's voice. Thank you for watching another episode of the USL Show. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find podcasts and other written work at bgn.fm. Once again, thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you guys again next week.